Ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As in the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. and welcome to this week's episode of History of a Haunting. I am Carrie. I am Archie. And our live studio audience is here with us today for this episode. Please say say hi to my mom, Nancy Hopper. Hello, everyone. Tater and I are here. (laughs) Tater's always here. (laughs) He's a bingo square. Mom, would you like to tell the audience where we are taking them today? Hampton Court Palace. In the United Kingdom. Yes. And unfortunately, we have not been to this particular location. That's a little far out of town. We we ran out of time. Yeah. We were there for, what, nine days? Eight days? Eight days, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, we ran out of time. It's a lot to see in a little time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like you said, it's a little outside of London, so it's a day trip, essentially, or a half-day trip. Yeah. And we didn't have any half-day available to do that. <laughs> so uh, we are excited about this episode and this location. And we are excited to go back and to go, when we go back to see this next time, along with Windsor Castle. Yes. <laughs> and we also missed Abbey Road. And then I can really say I have pictures of that. Because yeah. <laughs> I will. You will. You will. For sure. Uh, so yeah, we are going to do Hampton Court Palace today. And I am very excited about this. Our live studio audience, my mommy, Nancy Hopper, is very excited about this. And Archie is semi-excited about this. Uh, Archie is here. As excited as Archie ever gets. As excited as Archie, <laughs> as Archie ever gets. Um, Archie, it's been four years since we've been to London, Mom. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Archie's a little tired of, of our all of our stories from our trip <laughs> for the last four years. Well, when we were there, it's kind of like Howard Wallowitz when he talked about when he went to space. Oh, yeah. Like, it's one of those, like, beat a dead horse <laughs> incessantly. It's okay. It's okay. Whatever. <coughs> Pardon. Sorry. Okay, Arch. Let's talk about the history of Hampton Court Palace. All right. Well, Carrie, I'm going to have to be super honest here. I took damn near everything from Wikipedia because literally every other website was selling me tickets to tour the palace. Fuck yeah, they were. You should have bought some. <laughs> Did you? No. No, oh, Archie. Well, I'm not going to be there in the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Well, building of the palace began in 1515 for Cardinal Thomas Wolseley, a favorite of King Henry VIII, in 1529... As Wolsey fell from Wolsey. Fa- Wolsey fell from favor, the cardinal gave the palace to the king to check his disgrace. Henry yeah, how about that? Henry VIII later enlarged it. The palace is currently in the possession of Queen Elizabeth II and the Crown. Mm-hmm. 
Within six months of coming into ownership, the king began his own rebuilding and expansion. Henry VIII's court consisted of over 1,000 people. While the king owned over 60 houses and palaces, few of these were large enough to hold the assembled court, and thus one of the first king's building works, in order to transform Hampton Court into a principal residence, was to build the vast kitchens. These were quadrupled in size in 1529, enabling the king to provide free food for his entire court. Think about it. A thousand people. He managed to feed a thousand people out of his kitchens. Three times a day. Yeah. Every fucking day. During the Tudor period, the palace was a scene of many historic events. Mm -hmm. In 1537, the king's much-desired male heir, the future Edward VI, was born at the palace and the child's mother, Jane Seymour, died there two weeks later. Four years after that... She snickered. She no, did. I did not. Yes, you did. No, I did not. You giggled. That's terrible. You made that up. <laughs> I didn't. Four years afterwards, whilst attending Mass in the palace's chapel, the king was informed of the adultery of his fifth wife, Catherine Howard. She was then confined to her room for a few days before being sent to Sion House and then on to the Tower of London. King Henry died dun, dun, dun. in January 1547 and was succeeded first, succeeded first by his son Edward VI and then both his daughters in turn. It was, it was to Hampton Court that Queen Mary I, Henry's <laughs> elder daughter, retreated with King Philip to spend their honeymoon after their wedding at Winchester. Mary was succeeded, succeeded, why is that such a tough word for me? At Winchester? Because yeah. words are hard. I got Winchester. Oh. I was thinking Windsor or Westminster. Well, according to Wikipedia, it's Winchester. Oh, okay. Um, I don't. I don't really follow this particular monarch too much, except for like, all she's the called. Time. She's the original Bloody Mary. Go on. Mary was succeeded. Was succeeded by her half-sister. <laughs> Words are hard. Mary was succeeded by her half-sister, Elizabeth I, and it was Elizabeth who had the eastern kitchen built. Today, this is the palace's public tea room. Oh, we can have tea oh, we there! We can have tea there! Yay! <gasps> you guys are so cute. <laughs> On the death of Elizabeth I in 1603, the Tudor period came to an end. The queen was succeeded by her first cousin twice removed, the Scottish king, James VI, who became known in England as James I of the House of Stuart. Yes. Now, he was, I believe, the son of Mary, Queen of Scots. That I believe whole, you're right. The, I ba- believe the whole battle thing between Elizabeth I and Mary, Queen of Scots, and that whole thing. And James is Mary's son. And Mary was executed, blah, blah, blah. But that's who... She didn't have an heir, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did they execute people back then? Behead them? Yep. However they saw fit. Wow. In 1604, the palace was the site of King James' meeting with representatives of the English Puritans, known as the Hampton Court Conference. While agreement with the Puritans was not reached, the meeting led to James' commissioning of the King James Version of the Bible. Cool, huh? What year was this? 1604. Wow, all right. King James was succeeded in 1625 by his son, 
the ill-fated Charles the First. Oh, yeah. oh it, it's never good when ill-fated is yeah. ahead of your name. No. Yeah, he was definitely ill-fated. <laughs> he was um, overthrown and beheaded. Hampton Court was to become both his palace and his prison. Mm-hmm. It was also the setting for his honeymoon with his 15-year-old bride, Henrietta Maria, in 1625. My mom looks like she's going to throw up. She's like, just, just... And how old was he? Much older than 15. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Following King Charles' execution in 1649, the palace became the property of the Commonwealth presided over by, yep, Oliver Cromwell. Yes. Harken back back to the tower. Mm -hmm. Thomas Cromwell's nephew. Unlike some other formal royal properties, the palace escaped relatively unscathed. While the government auctioned much of the contents, the building was ignored. In the following century... King William III's massive rebuilding and expansion work, which was intended to rival the Palace of Versailles, destroyed much of the Tudor Palace. Good fucking luck, William III, because Versailles is amazing. Yeah. yeah. But this is also a very interesting story. I'm going to let Archie finish, but it's a very interesting story because when you go visit Hampton Court, it, it has two very different looks to it. It's got the Henry VIII bread... Bread? No... Brick, red and black brick, but then it's got this other architectural style because you you can see the different design ideas of the the different kings that live well, there. The Versailles influence and differing between the Tudor and Baroque styles. Baroque. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that a French word or is that an English word? Baroque? It looks French to me. It looks French. It sounds French. It's got a Q in it. Oh well, then it must be French. Oh, well then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to our friends and British listeners. His work ceased in 1694, leaving the palace in two distinct contrasting architectural styles, domestic Tudor and Baroque. While the palace's styles are an accident of fate, a unity exists due to the use of pink bricks and a symmetrical, if vague, balancing of successive low wings. Hmm, okay. So it's not like... One is one half is super super tall. One half is sort of short and to to quote what not to wear. Uh, it doesn't have to match. It has to go together, <laughs> and they do. And they do. Okay, they actually kind of do. Yeah, yeah. After the death of Queen Mary, King William lost interest in the renovations and work ceased. However, it was in Campton Court's Park in 1702 that he fell from his horse, later dying from his injuries. Oh, oh, he died from his injuries at Kensington Palace, actually. Oh, at Kensington. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I think there's I think there's a statue to him in front of Kensington Palace mm. that we saw. I think you have a picture of that, actually. I do. I think so. Oh, my. He, uh, he was later succeeded by his sister-in-law, Queen Anne, who continued the decoration and completion of the state apartments. On Queen Anne's death in 1714, the Stuart dynasty came to an end. In case you didn't know, I believe this is the very same Queen Anne that the favorite is about. Oh? Yeah. Olivia Coleman played Queen Anne, and she won her Oscar for it last year. Oh. And rightfully so. Olivia Coleman currently plays the current Queen Elizabeth II in the season three of The Crown, and she's also won for that. Um, 
but yeah, I believe, and I actually think scenes of the favorite, the movie, were filmed at Hampton Court. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I'm throwing my fun facts in early. That's okay. <laughs> I uh, I have a couple of bullet points to get through for, just for fun. They, I know, they, they are fun. Hampton Court Palace was one of the many residences of King Henry VIII, though it was originally built for Cardinal Thomas Wolseley in 1514. However, Cardinal Wolseley's failure to secure an annulment for Henry's marriage to Catherine of Aragon led to the English Reformation, and Wolseley saw the writing on the wall. Before the king could take the palace, the cardinal gave it to him as a gift. Both Henry and King William III would go on to expand the palace with Ladder doing his best to make it rival Versailles. It was said that um, Henry VIII was a little jealous because... Wolsey was one of the richest men because he was basically the right hand of the king. Right. And he was building this amazing, beautiful, gorgeous home that actually did kind of dwarf the king's actual palaces. So when he started skating... Oh, that's a no-no. How stupid are you? Exactly. Um, when he started to get the vibe that he was skating on wafer thin ice because he couldn't secure a divorce for mm-hmm. the king, that's when he was like, oh, but sir, Henry made some sort of like not so subtle, but subtle dig at the fact that your home is nicer than mine, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when he was like, oh, but sir, I've been building it as a surprise gift for you, even though he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Last ditch effort. CYA. <laughs> yeah, basically, which, um, spoiler alert, didn't work. Didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't work. Of, of Henry's six wives, only one of them actually survived the marriage without execution, divorce, <laughs> or death from other causes. <laughs> this wife was Catherine Parr. Quite a track record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Catherine Parr, whom Henry married at Hampton Court Palace in 1543. Hampton Court was considered a modern palace when first constructed. It possessed a 36,000-square-foot kitchen, a toilet area that could seat 30 people, bowling greens, and 60 acres of gardens. Wait, I'm sorry. Back up. A toilet area that could seat seat 30 people? 30 people. At once? Yes. Like a... Oh, my. Like parties over here, motherfuckers. That's (laughs) cozy. Right? The pheasant doesn't, you know, sit well with everybody, so there's enough room to... Enough room for a, what, 3%? (laughs) Wow. Yay, okay. Yeah, you need that many toilets when you have a court of a thousand people. But did it have to be like a group thing? (laughs) I'm sorry, I I just, I have so many questions. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I do too. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) If any of your listeners know why that was done that way, I would really like to know. Yeah. Tips and hints are, are appreciated. Right, yeah. H-O-A-H update section. Let's do that. In addition to the bowling greens and 60 acres of gardens. And 30-person bathroom. And a 30-person toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but the king had his own, right? Oh, oh for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But they included tennis courts. The bathrooms did? <laughs> I'm sorry. I got distracted. It's a feature. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Some have a bidet. Some have tennis balls. <coughs> All right. Sorry, guys. We had a complete giggle fit meltdown that complete we had to... Complete meltdown. <laughs> oh. Apparently not. <laughs> My mom is not it, done with hers. 
wow. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, Archie was trying to move on, and I was like, sorry, my mom and I were stuck in the bathroom. I'm like, oh my God, get it? Stuck, stuck on the, the toilet. Stuck on the bathroom. It's not as funny the second time around when you explain it to the audience. No, it really isn't. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I'm going to have to cut <clears> this part out. Sorry, guys, we had a giggle fit. We had to get past. <laughs> in addition to all those features, <laughs> <laughs> the gardens also have the UK's oldest surviving hedge maid. Hedge what? Hedge maze. Oh, hedge maze. I was like, a hedge maid? What's yeah. that? Oh, a hedge maze. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's kind of cool. He's a bear. Archie is as red as his shirt right now. And that's really red. That's really red. Yeah, it's actually more of a maroon, but... Oh, he's trying not to cough. Moment of silence. Awkward <laughs> silence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I'm sorry. It's like, hedge mage. Hedge mage, what? Midget? What? Braid midget? <laughs> Braid no, no. Midget? What? Maid, Bridget. <laughs> I wouldn't say the word. I wouldn't use midget. Oh, it's... It's far too late. <laughs> okay. The last person to ever live at Hampton Court Palace was King George II. When his son George III ascended to the throne, he never set foot in the palace. What year was this? I didn't. I didn't secure that information. Oh my God! I think it was King George III that caught. That 1838. Oh, okay. Now well, we're getting. Now we're getting into the United States. Yeah. Now we're time. now we're getting closer. He never set foot in the palace, and it went unused until Queen Victoria opened it to the public in 1838. She oh, was she? a shrewd woman. In 1952, it achieved the honor of statutory protection by becoming Grade One listed. This in 19 when? 52. 400 fact, years after it was built. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, they this, probably didn't have such a thing. They didn't. I mean. Oh. I should, let's let them finish. Oh, they they didn't on. have antiquities productions back then because they were in antiquity. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This place might might be really old. Maybe we should call it an antique maybe, ahead of its... Just maybe. Antiquity. That's funny. Okay. It's also interesting considering that HBO filmed a miniseries, John Adams, and used the palace to film Adams' reception by George III as America's first ambassador to Britain. Oh, okay. The Great Hall was a stage. William Shakespeare and his company, The King's Men, performed several of their plays for King James I in late 1603 and 1604. The company was brought to the palace and housed there for three weeks to provide entertainment for the Christmas celebrations. Wow. Uh-huh. That's yeah. cool. I t- I'm telling you what. Hampton Court Palace installed a magnificent astronomical clock on the tower of the gatehouse facing the inner court in 1540. It was designed by Nicholas Kratzer and made by Nicholas Orison. The clock is 15 feet tall and has three separate copper dials that can tell you the hour, the day of the month, and the position of the sun relative to the earth, as well as the phases of the moon and the age of the moon in days, and when the moon crosses the meridian, thus allowing one to predict when the Thames will be at high tide. I found that fascinating. Isn't that Isn't fucking that cool? interesting? That's so cool. And when was that put in? 15-something? 16-something. 1540. Oh, shit. That was installed 1540. in 1540. 1540. 
They were doing things like that. Mm-hmm. In 1540. And yet they couldn't figure out how to put stalls in a 30-person bathroom. <laughs> Jesus wow. Christ. That's Harry Hopper. Get off the toilet, Jerry. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> I'm stuck in this bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I, I just told you laughing makes me cough. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to cough, then he's going to snort laughing. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Oh, <sighs> oh my God. But am I wrong? <laughs> well, <laughs> you see what was important to them back then? Time in the bathroom? How many lunar cycles have you been on the toilet? With the other <laughs> okay. Oh, God. He snorted. Big oh. square. Oh, he snorted again. Twice. Shut up, guys. I hate you. Oh, my lungs. Okay. <laughs> oh, my left lung just collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, hurry up and get through your parts. So okay. start mine, then we'll go to the hospital. I have the last bullet point. <laughs> He's like, come on, girls, let's just make it through. Power through. <clears throat> oh, my God. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Carrie laughing at you. <laughs> Archie has died. <laughs> never having Archie has passed away. Never having reached his last bullet point. <laughs> so, don't look at me. I can't. Uh, not you. My mother. Nobody look at anybody. Nobody look at anybody. Okay. okay. I'll drink to that. Okay. There are ten animal statuses on the bridge leading to the great gatehouse, and they're all heraldic symbols that represent the ancestry of Henry and his third wife, Jane Seymour. The all anim- of them? All of them. These animals include the Lion of England, the Seymour Lion, the Royal Dragon, the Black Bull of Clarence, the Mythical Tale of Beaufort, the White Lion of Mortimer, the White Greyhound of Richmond, the Tudor Dragon, the Seymour Panther, and the Seymour Unicorn. All on a bridge leading to the gatehouse. That is, that's part of the tour. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. It's got to be fantastic to see. It it, it does. And you have to think, she was uh, not his shortest wife, as far as, like, length of time they were married. They're both looking at me like, what does height have to do with anything? (laughs) I'm looking at me like, who? Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. I was looking at her like, what does height have to do with anything? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... She was the only person that... Nancy is laughing at me, holding my chest to keep me from breathing deeply. He was like trying to pray or something that people cough and it just looked weird. Oh, Dan, there he goes. Okay, we're back. We just took a 20-minute break, and nothing was made better. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. <laughs> oh, my eyeballs. What's oh. wrong with your eyeballs? I don't want to pop out of my head. Oh, my God, why? <laughs> Pressure. Oh. <sighs> I think we're keeping, we're disturbing Tater to nap. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Moving right I'm along. Moving right along. There goes the train. I don't know why I said that. I also like how you like made the hand gesture, like our audience could see the train go away. 
Hey, I haven't said shit about all your hand gestures. Here's one. No, oh. I have two of them for you. Keep it civil. Well, that is. Okay. Jane Seymour. Uh, she was one of Henry's six wives, as you mentioned. The one to survive. No. No? No. That was Catherine Parr. Oh, Catherine Parr. You that was his correct. sixth wife. Um, Jane Seymour was his third wife. Oh. But she gave him the heir. So, uh, she was the only of one of the six wives that he actually considered his true wife, which is why there was so much, um, when you were talking about the animals and the, mm-hmm. that led up, why her family featured only family, her, hers was the only family that featured in those animal, um, statues that lead up to the Okay, entrance. gotcha. So, let's talk a little bit about... The um, ghosts of Hampton Court Palace, it's, it, it, like with all of the places that we talk about, it's, it's a little bonkers. I would give this place, on a scale of one to five bananas, mm, about a three. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not one of the most haunted, but it's, it's more so than some of the other places that we've covered. Okay, so I got a majority of my information, kind of like you, their, their Wikipedia um, also, the Historic Royal Palace's website mm-hmm. on the TudorTrail.com and ParanormalGhostStories.com. Okay, is where I got a majority of my information. It is located 12 miles or 19.3 kilometers <laughs> southwest and upstream of central London on the River Thames. Yes. Yes. I actually played around on Google Maps. To, of course you did. To, of course I did. Of course you did. Archie's a super... I can just zoom right in on it now. Yeah. It's... Can't wait to go. Our bucket list is like... Growing. Insanely growing. <laughs> so I want to start my part out with a quote that I, um, I found that was uh, written by William Holden Hunt, who was describing the appeal of Hampton Court in 1897. Um, and I, I love the quote, and I, I kind of felt that this sort of encompassed the fascination of, of the palace um, back then, and even still to this day. So he wrote, A world invisible or half-known, where imagination and tradition vie in bringing forth strange noises and mysterious presences. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating history, like um, even throughout the giggles. My mom and I were hanging on your every word when we were talking about the history of this palace. Uh, super old. When did you say it? Wolseley started to build it? Was in the fifteen fifteen hundreds? Yeah, 1500s. So, uh, I do want to touch on the very first ghost that is reported to have been seen at Hampton Court. Um, Anne Boleyn. Which, as we know from Tower of London, Mm -hmm. is one of the more popular ghosts there. Now, there's actually not much mentioned about her being here, but as it was her home with Henry, it is said that her ghost has been seen wearing a blue or black dress. Other claims are that she is missing her head. Same with Tower of London, but I call BS on this. I don't. Why? Um, I just don't. Not the right place and time. 
It's not. It, it's not, but it's also, um, I just don't see that there's no, there's, it's not the right place, it's not the right time, and I just don't see any correlation. Right. Um, I, get, I can, if that happens, which I, I also don't feel like, I've, never, I've actually never seen her. That's a good question for our paranormal researcher friends. It is. It can, is. Can a, Would a that ghost be... of a person be in different locations? Well, I mean, Anne Boleyn is said to haunt um, Heaver Castle, which is was her family's home. So she is said to haunt a, a couple of different locations. My hang-up is her, is her being headless. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I just don't. I don't feel like in life. I feel. I, I guess I feel like spirits are similar to, in the afterlife and, and haunting. I feel like they're similar to the way that they were in life, and I just don't see a woman like Anne Boleyn being like, "Fine, you're gonna cut my head off, and I'm gonna haunt the place haunt without the out my out. head." <laughs> I just find that silly. Yeah, that's my personal opinion. Anyway, so. Um, just wanted to briefly mention Anne Boleyn. Okay. She is said to be seen there in a blue or black dress. With that, I find legit her being headless. Not so much. Not I could so be much. wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about Skeletor. Oof. Yes. Which, for all you 80s kids like Archie and I are, Skeletor was the villain on He-Man cartoon series. And it was a popular series in the 80s, which is probably <clears throat> why this particular apparition got its name. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, we are going to play this exact video that we're going to show our studio audience, my mom Nancy, uh, right now. We're going to show this on our website. But, Archie, I want you to show her this video because I want to see her reaction to it. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, my. What is that? Somebody that doesn't want to be bothered. Right. By the outside world. Now, this was this is posted on Historic Royal Palace's official website. This is what their security cameras picked up one yeah. night. Yeah. And when they saw it on the CCTV, they went to the security guards went to investigate, and there's nothing. There's nothing there. They found nobody. Nobody in the building. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. on the property. What are those doors to? They. You know what? I'm not sure. Um, they kind of look like, like... It looks like loading dock. Loading dock Yeah, that's doors, what I was thinking. Which obviously Hampton Court didn't but, have a loading dock right, right. in its heyday. But, I mean, it's just they so blow weird. open and then this figure comes out. That sort of looks like it might be dressed in sort of, in, in you know, the garb of the era. What do you think, Mom? It's creepy. <laughs> Without question, but could it be manipulated? No, they they had they've had people investigate the footage and everything, and it has not been manipulated. Okay, and, and it's also not the first footage they've caught. This is just the they've they've caught the doors blowing open before and then closing. This is the this is this footage um, is the only footage they've caught where somebody comes out to shut the doors. But what the fuck is it that came out? Hmm. It's wild. It's the creepiest thing I've seen so far. For sure, for sure. So, on three consecutive nights in the winter of 2003, Hampton Court Palace security staff were alerted to the opening of a fire door, is what it is. Oh, okay. The same door near the clock court. 
On all three nights, the CCTV footage clearly showed the fire doors opening with great force. So they're kind of being blown open. However, on the second night, a ghostly looking figure in period dress appeared in the doorway, reached out and closed the doors. And it wasn't just the security staff that had witnessed this ghostly figure. Apparently on the second day, the same day as the recording, a visitor had left a comment in the visitor book detailing her sighting of a spectral figure in this same area. Who would that be? I have no idea. That's the mystery. But it does look like it has a skeleton face. Mm-hmm. And, and figure. Yeah. In the robes. But the robes are kind of puffed out. Like, I don't know. There is, there is, some, there is some suggestion that it might be Henry VIII. Because look at the, the rope. They, they're bigger than, obviously. Oh, the... Yeah. The, the hood is sticking out. Like, it's, it looks like a heavy set person would be wearing it. But it's just a skeleton. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. It's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's super bizarre. So that is the first uh, crazy apparition, paranormal experience. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next one that I'm going to talk about is another really um, significant, commonly seen, popular ghost at Hampton Court Palace, which is known as the Grey Lady, who is believed to be a woman named Sybil Penn. Now, I've heard of her. Have you? The, the Grey Lady? Yes. The Grey Lady. Yeah. yeah. So, um, reported sightings of the Grey Lady at Hampton Court Palace started in 1829 when the tomb of Sybil Penn, who, just so you guys know, was the dry nurse to Prince Edward, who was the heir that Henry VIII had with Jane Seymour. Okay. Okay. Um, just so, I don't know if you guys know that there were the infants in those days that were born to royalty had a dry nurse and a wet nurse. Mm. Do you know mm-hmm. the difference between the two? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, for our listeners that don't, a wet nurse was, um, they were basically nannies for the babies, but a wet nurse was the one who would breastfeed the child. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she was a nurse of Prince Edward, and I guess her, the, her tomb was desecrated and her remains were scattered. Mm. Doesn't say why or how. Um, It does say that the first of these stories comes from when the Posonby family, who are living at Hampton Court at the time, they actually started complaining about being disturbed uh, by hearing the whir of a spinning wheel, like in Sleeping Beauty, Mm. um, coming from behind the wall of their apartment. They could hear the whir of this spinning wheel. So... um, Apparently, several years later, uh, it was found that there was a small sealed chamber uh, that was later discovered close to their apartment containing none other than an old, much-used spinning wheel. Wow. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So once that happened, stories began to spread of a gray lady seen to walk the corridors of the state apartments and the clock court at the palace. Now, in the 1880s, there were frequent accounts of seeing a tall, gaunt, gray form around the haunted rooms and gallery, and the haunted gallery, which I'll get to in a second, uh, exactly corresponding with the appearance of the effigy on the tomb of Sybil Penn. Uh, and then also hearing the low, whirring, um, 
noise of an unseen spinning wheel and um, a, a voice and a stealthy tread wandering through the halls. There was also another um, well-authenticated sighting, authenticated sighting of this same apparition in 1905. So wow. that is the Grey Lady. Now, mm. Catherine Howard. Let's talk about this tiny child for a minute. <laughs> Catherine Howard was the fifth wife of Henry VIII. And um, she was beheaded at the tower in 1542 at the age of 19 for adultery and treason. A little backstory on Catherine Howard. She was um, born into nobility. She is actually a cousin of Anne Boleyn. She was born into a family of nobility, but for whatever reason, with her lineage or whatever, her, her parents, she was sent to live at um, an all-girls home, basically. Okay. So she wasn't raised um, the way Anne Boleyn was. The way She wasn't raised and groomed to be a queen or a princess or anybody of nobility that belonged at court. However... Through she married up. The years, yes. <laughs> she married up and um, she came across Henry VIII's path when she was 16 years old. Now, she's his fifth wife. So he's already gone through Catherine of Aragon. He's, he's beheaded Anne Boleyn. Jane Seymour's given, given him a son and she's died. Uh, he married Anne of Cleves and didn't like her and they got an annulment and then he met Catherine Howard. So by this point, he's in his mid-50s. And she's a 16-year-old girl Ugh. who is flattered and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, en en entranced and charmed by these jewels he's giving, him, giving her and these dresses and, and, and things like that. She's worldly, let's call her that, in certain personal for, for areas. For 16 years old. Sure. <laughs> um, so he's completely in love with her because I guess... My thought is she made him feel young. So Probably. Yeah. So he marries her um, and makes her queen. To which she obviously doesn't know anything about being queen. Mm -hmm. um, and so she doesn't actually behave very queenly. <laughs> uh, she does have a very rough relationship with his daughter, Mary. Uh, and with Elizabeth. And she ends up because Henry is 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 a king and he's working and he's not always around and 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 she got bored and and lonely. She cheated on him. She cheated on him with a man named Thomas Culpepper, who happened to be one of the king's rivals. Guy. No, he oh. worked for the king. Oh, oh. He, so he was like, he wasn't um, like his. He wasn't like his Lord Chancellor or anything like that, but basically he worked for the king. Don't don't fuck where you eat. Exactly. <laughs> um, except this guy did, and um, it, it ended up getting found out by people. Thomas. Shocker. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it ended up getting found out, and she um, there was a, a, a vast amount of proof. Where in Anne Boleyn's case, she it was rumor, and he was trying to he was looking for a reason to get rid of her anyway. Mm -hmm. So he was like, okay, fine, that sounds good. Let's okay, let's chop. Let's run with that. Let's run with that. <laughs> However, there was a lot of evidence in Catherine Howard's case that she was cheating on him, and 
Uh, he text and, messages. Essentially, yes. <laughs> essentially, yes. Yeah. Um, they they presented Henry VIII with letters, love letters she wrote to Thomas Culpepper. Mm-hmm. So, um, she was in um, imprisoned. She was her ladies in waiting. I think she had five or six of them. Uh, <laughs> she was um, essentially held prisoner or grounded, I guess, mm-hmm. in yeah. her apartments with just one uh, of her ladies-in-waiting, Lady oh, Rochford. Dear. Lady Rochford actually ended up being the one who would facilitate the secret meetings between Catherine Howard oh, and Thomas Culpepper. Scandalous. Yeah, she loses her head, too. Oh. Yeah, oh mm. my goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. a good time. So, um, anyway, she was Henry VIII's fifth wife. Uh... <laughs> The, the stories about her haunting Hampton Court Palace were so well known that by 1918... Oh, wow. Uh-huh. The, when the palace opened to the public, the space associated with Catherine's story was already known as the Haunted Gallery. So here's what happened. After she was banished to her apartments, and then she was sent to Scion Palace, and Henry was sort of muddling over what the fuck to do with this woman, because she essentially embarrassed him, which I think we can all agree... Don't embarrass Henry VIII. No. No. No, it never ends well. It never it never ends well. And, yeah, granted, he would decide what embarrassed him and what didn't, but this was actually really that fucking was, bad. It was really bad. Really fucking bad. So, uh, after she was arrested at Hampton Court and before she was sent to Scion Palace, she um, apparently, terrified, she broke free of her guards and she ran along now what is called the haunted gallery screaming out to the king for mercy um she never reached henry who is apparently praying um in the chapel her guards caught her dragged her away and she never saw henry again so it's said that her anguished ghost now repeats this heartbreaking journey screaming through eternity oh wow Mm -hmm. yeah what a way to spend eternity right to this day to this day Mm mm-hmm to this day, it's happening. And visitors report... Oh, eternity. Uh, well, <laughs> she's like, you guys are stupid. Don't you know what eternity means? <laughs> oh, my God. Can we just Who keeps create... bringing this woman on the show? <laughs> Can we create a Captain Obvious meme <laughs> of your mother? Of my mom? <laughs> Jesus. You invited me. <laughs> Okay, you know how you have a big laundry list of things you can't let me do, Archie? Inviting her is one of them. Um, We gotta add it. On the list. Just kidding, I love my mommy. (laughs) She's where I get my snarky sense of humor. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Not sorry. Okay. To this day, visitors report unexpected sights, sounds, smells, and feelings as they cross the haunted gallery. In 1999, actually, this is fucking weird. In 1999... During separate tours of the palace, two female visitors fainted on exactly the same spot in the haunted gallery, approximately a half hour apart. Oh. I would imagine... Was there something special that happened at that spot, or...? Well, it's just the spot where she's seen running... Running and wailing. And wailing. And they... I would imagine it's very delicate for sensitive people like you and and empaths would probably be mm -hmm. overcome. I would imagine. So these women probably were empaths. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. To faint. Yeah, that's a big drop of blood. Mm hmm. 
Uh, she's also seen running through the Great Hall at night. She stops suddenly, wringing her hands and shrieking in despair, much like she did when Henry found out about her deceit and she was ordered to be hauled off to the tower. She then runs down the hall toward the haunted chamber. To quote Brianna, she's not sorry, she's just sorry she got caught. Kind of. Mm. I really feel like that was the situation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she was... What was she, 17? 16, 17. She was 16 when she married him. She was 19 when she was beheaded. So it was probably 18, 18. you know? 17, 18. Mm -hmm. You don't know shit at that age. So, again, uh, some visitors have reported feeling a chill or strange sensations when passing along the corridor, i.e. the two women that fainted in the one spot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Other visitors have reported feeling a presence in the gallery, feeling a sudden drop in temperature, having their hair pulled, and one gentleman even felt spectral hands grab him around the neck. Oh, my goodness. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's not cool. No. No. (laughs) No. Um, Many visitors to this haunted gallery over the years have stated that they sense something not quite right about this area. Um, Grace and Favor residents in nearby apartments report hearing her screams in the gallery. One radio interview that was being conducted in this area had to shut down when their equipment stopped working unexplained. Oh. What's the word? Inexplicably. Mm. I was going to say unexplainably. (laughs) Well, we would have understood what you meant, but, you know. Words are hard. Right. So, (laughs) they are. And I'm a writer. Like, that's my, that's, that's my talent. I'm a writer. If that tells you anything about my talent. Um, (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) So just for, do you guys know what a grace and favor apartment is? No. No. Good. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you said no. Whenever I ask Archie, do you know what that is? And he's like, I'm familiar with it, but go ahead. Because he knows <laughs> what I want to fucking say. But it is. So, a Grace and Favor home is a residential property that's owned by a monarch. And um, by virtue of his or her position as head of state, uh, is leased often rent free to persons as part of an employment package or gratitude or ingratitude for past services rendered to the monarchy. Okay. Oh God, yeah. we could use a couple of those situations. Couldn't we? How can we befriend the queen? <laughs> like Frogmore's not being used right now. <laughs> How can we? You know. Uh, newly renovated, isn't it? Newly renovated, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those taxpayers are getting that money back because Harry and Meghan are going to repay it. So, radio interview that was being conducted in the area had to shut down when their equipment stopped working. Now, we're also going to post this on our social media and our website, hoahpodcast.com. <laughs> was Catherine Howard's ghost caught on film? It's interesting. If you, Archie, will Google that really quick, um, Catherine right. Howard ghost picture, will probably do it. Um, a coach driver snapped what he believes could be the first ghost of one of Henry VIII's wives during a visit to Hampton Court Palace. The driver's name was Trevor Ty. He was 45 years old at the time. He had driven a coachload of tourists to the Royal Palace, but ventured in to get pictures himself while he was waiting. It was only after returning home after taking pictures of the beautiful marble staircase in the palace's public entrance that he spotted what appears to be the figure of a young woman standing eerily 
at the balcony looking down. So we're gonna take a little minute for you guys to take a look at this picture. So that's the photo that he took. And yeah, up there on the landing, there is this woman that doesn't fit the color pattern of the picture. And if you scroll down, they have, yeah, they've encircled it and they've highlighted it. Oh. And that's believed to be Catherine Howard. That that's this, fucking terrifying. Isn't that weird? Now, she wasn't there. Like, he didn't see her when he snapped this picture. But when he got home... He just took the picture and developed it. Right. And there's this weird black and white woman... That's crazy. ...in this photograph. That is so crazy. Isn't that weird? Hmm. Yeah, so uh, we'll definitely put this picture up on all of our social media as and website as well. I don't know, guys. What do you think? I I buy it. I see it. It's weird. It's it's better it, than the rest of the images that are coming up. It is. It's also, sure. it's bringing up Skeletor. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm sure it is. I mean, and it does. It, it appears to be the figure of a young woman um, standing at the, you know, at the top there, just kind of creepy, like, watching shit and stuff. Why is there that black spot there in the center of her picture? That's uh, right next to her, right here. No, no, this right here. It looks like the banister. Like, oh. it might be the banister. But... Like she's, like, like oh. something is in front of her. Yeah. It's the Book of Shadows. <laughs> Don't get me on a sidebar about Charmed, Archie. I love oh, that I'm show. sorry. Me too. Oh, dear God. I know. All right. So that's the picture that... Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah, Hmm. pretty popular. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about Jane Seymour. Um, We touched on it a little bit earlier. Jane Seymour was Henry VIII's third wife, and she was the only queen to give him a living male heir. She was the wife that he was the only wife that he felt was his true wife because she gave him the male heir that he wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you count up the number of pregnancies that his various wives had he was a fertile fucking dude (laughs) he was a fertile dude yeah he really was um the stories of jane seymour's ghostly apparition uh they wander throughout the entire palace and its cobbled courtyards it kind of reflect the tragedy that befell her at the palace she was genuinely in love with henry the eighth um as he was wont to do, she was a lady-in-waiting to Anne Boleyn and Catherine of Aragon. Mm. Mm. She did die in, um, at Hampton Court in 1537, as you mentioned, Archie, following the complications of the birth of Edward, Henry VIII's only son. Two weeks later. Two weeks later, yeah. It is said that Henry VIII, um, while he was s- delighted um, with his male heir, the king was actually devastated at the sudden loss of his perfect queen. Aww. Yeah. So, so how many heirs did Henry have? How many? Well... Just he, the one, I think. He had Edward, which was considered his only genuine true heir to the throne. But then he also had living. He had Mary and Elizabeth. He had Mary with Catherine of Aragon and Elizabeth 
with Anne Boleyn. Mm. Yeah, both of which, they all of his children became monarchs of Britain mm-hmm. over time. So, let's see, more of Jane Seymour. She's actually one of my favorite wives of Henry. She really is. Um, she was very pious. She was very loyal and dedicated. She was one of those women who who knew what it meant to be queen and just be there for your husband. I just think that there was just something genuine and simple about her, where the rest of his wives, save for Catherine Aragon, were... I didn't like him. <laughs> I just didn't like him. Uh, Anne of Cleves, I kind of liked her, but the rest, no. Uh, <laughs> but I'm an American, and so... the. Our UK listeners don't really care what I say. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Now, a pale figure is reported to appear on the Silver Stick Gallery staircase, which once led up to a room, or the room, in which Jane gave birth and died on the anniversary of Edward's birth in October 1537. So in that month, you can typically see Jane Seymour's ghost throughout Hampton Court Palace. She doesn't interact with living or sh- or seem aware of their presence in any way. She simply walks up the stairs and disappears. Um, unfortunately, this particular part of the palace is not on the public route, and so visitors are not permitted to enter this particular apartment, which sucks. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which sucks. Legend says that Jane's heavy conscience and guilt about the manner in which she supplanted her queen, Anne Boleyn, caused her to remain earthbound until she gains fa- forgiveness from Anne Boleyn. I, Which probably isn't going to happen. Mm, probably not. No, no, they're both dead. So. Although, you know what? From what I, I believe that once you die and you you go to heaven, it's all nothing but forgiveness and love. So I really don't think that anybody's holding any kind of grudges. But that's just me. Anyway, now let's talk about some experiences the staff working at Hampton Court Palace has had. During um, a visit to Hampton Court, um, a guest spoke with a man named Ronald, who was a senior warder at the place and a self-professed skeptic, so kind of like our gene. (laughs) Ronald, the self-professed skeptic, said that when... So I guess when he was asked if he's ever seen a ghost, he replied in the negative. However, he did stress that he and several other members of staff have experienced many things which none of them can explain. Which, Archie, I feel like you and I have, have, have done a, a number of episodes where people have said that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like the Winchester Mystery House and how Harry Houdini went in and conducted a seance and he thought it was total BS, but he left with more questions than he got. Exactly. Yeah. So he does say that it became, it was at six o'clock at night and Hampton Court was closed to the public. On that particular evening, the palace was hosting an, an evening function and Ronald and his colleagues, which were at the, this time, now the only people in the building, were preparing and waiting for the event to begin. Uh, so they were all chatting in the Queen's Gallery and they at first paid very little attention to the sound of a door opening. Which, you know, makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. And they were somewhat surprised to hear the door opening, but they quickly dismissed it and continued talking uh, amongst themselves. Uh, they then heard the sound of footsteps. Ronald described how several adult and reasonably minded people, himself included, ran from the Queen's Gallery screaming. 
So I'm thinking these footsteps must have been pretty significant. Yeah, pretty heavy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Now, he does go on to say that when they had calmed down, they returned to the room to check if anybody was there. And of course, there were not. <laughs> yeah. Um, he did describe how on a, yet another occasion, two American ladies were visiting the Young Henry exhibition. And they had to be removed and calmed down by, uh, by members of staff. They were found screaming and shaking with fear, claiming to have seen an apparition. Uh, chillingly, both women described the figure in the exact same way. Headless and dressed in a dark robe. Who do we think that was? Anne Boleyn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the most common and mysterious occurrence at the palace, however, is actually claimed to be rather irritating. <laughs> cool. Irritating ghosts. Those are the best. <laughs> Apparently, it's got a habit um, of uh, doors, locking doors, and unlocking doors. Seemingly, apparently, these doors sort of lock and unlock of their own volition. Uh, that'd be a problem in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Not that we have stalls. No, we assume they're stalls. <laughs> we assume. We haven't been. We missed that part. Um, we'll definitely have to check for stall doors when we go, Mom. Uh, <laughs> so, in particular, is the door at the end of the cartoon gallery, which leads to an area that's out of bounds to the public. I guess one time... Um, a member of the security team, this poor security team, Jesus, <laughs> they radioed our old buddy Ronald and asking and asked him to unlock the door. He told them how he had been puzzled by this because he believed the door to already be unlocked because it should have been. However, the security staff assured him that it was locked. They unlock it. We wouldn't be asking you to unlock it if it was fucking unlocked, essentially. <laughs> if, you know... The security staff was rude American. They didn't use those words. If the security staff was a rude American. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, However, again, the security staff is like, sorry, it's clearly locked. Unlock it. Um, After that, this particular kerfluffle, uh, the same thing happened multiple times. And (sighs) several doors in that same area have reported to have the same problem. Another warder remarked how one or two years ago, there was an incident in which a door would not unlock at all. Uh, Every key was tried, even ones that had not been used for many years. Eventually, the lock had to be physically dismantled and removed from the door. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. What? Um... (laughs) So, this particular interviewer was super intrigued by this point. Like, I would be too. Right. Right? I've got to talk to more of you. And so he did. Um, (laughs) He wanted to find out more about the mysterious happenings at Hampton Court. He spoke with another senior warder in another part of the building, the cartoon gallery, which had, like, the lock problems as well. Um, But it had another door that had a tricky lock. So, in contrast to what Ronald, our friend Ronald, who is a self-professed skeptic, in contrast to what Ronald believes, this particular guy believes without a doubt that Hampton Court Palace is haunted. As do I. (laughs) Archie's just like, Liz got a look on his face, he's like, you're so adorbs. (laughs) 
So from this particular guy's experience, women are, are more likely than men to experience something supernatural at the palace, which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. But Archie's buying it. You're into this. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Yep. Okay. He recalled how a woman described being pushed in the head by unseen hands, which is fucking rude. That's rude. Oh, yeah. I mean, being pushed in general is fucking rude, but being pushed in the head is like... Well, I suppose they don't feel like they have to be polite anymore. Well, that's... That's that's true. That's true. Um, There was another female visitor who refused to enter the Cumberland Art Gallery for fear of the, quote, evil presence, end quote, she felt in there. Mm. Uh Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about this cartoon gallery. Now, the warder explained how in 1986, a fire had actually ripped through the apartments above this art gallery, causing the roof and the floor to cave in. At the time, the apartments, who, which were all the grace and favor apartments, um, were occupied by elderly widows and diplomats. Yeah. Oh. Um, unfortunately, an 86-year-old lady named Lady Daf- Daphne Gale, Lady Daphne Gale, Succumbed to the flames. So an 86-year-old woman died in this fire. Despite the efforts of around 125 firefighters, the fire devastated that part of the palace. According to the warder, it took two years to dry out the wood in the room alone. Wow. Oh, wow. I know, right? After having been doused in the water, which eventually stopped the flames. What? Two years? a long time. a long time. Um, so I guess several years had passed and the renovation was reaching completion. Although the warder was not present when the following event occurred, the story is well known by members of staff at the palace. So, I guess an electrician was on site to replace the faulty fuse box. Now remember, they're renovating this building after it had been decimated by a fire. Mm-hmm. As he worked, he saw an old woman looking down at him from the top of a staircase. At the time, he thought nothing of it. However, later, at the reopening ceremony, there was a photograph of Lady Daphne Gale displayed. The electrician realized that she had been the woman, in fact, watching him from the top of the staircase that day. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And nothing would convince him otherwise. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the Queen's Staircase... The Queen's Staircase is another area um, which one of the warders reported as being known for paranormal encounters. It was during um, one of the evening ghost tours that um, the warder customarily did. He typically would rest his hand on the banister as he described the history of the Queen's Staircase to the group. Now, afterward, a member of the tour group confided in him that they had seen another hand right behind his on the banister. Mm. Just a hand? Just a hand. Just a hand. Mm -hmm. Hmm. On another occasion at the staircase, a lady who professed to be a medium claimed to have witnessed a white cloudy figure on the stairs behind him. Some say that the spirit is associated... uh, Some say the spirit that is associated with the Queen's staircase is Jane Seymour, again, the third wife of Henry VIII. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about um, the scientific research that has actually been done at Hampton Court Palace. So there's a number of stories about the hauntings there. So, of course, 
you know, collegiates and, and things like that are going to want to um, investigate it. And so there has been scientific research done at Hampton Court Palace. So apparently, um, with the new millennium, which I'm not really sure the significance of that, but with the new millennium in 2000 came a surge in the number of reports of Catherine Howard being cited and felt in the haunted gallery. Okay, when did she die? 1540-something, 1530-something. So 400 years ago. <laughs> Long time. But no significant, like, anniversary of... No, not really. Hmm. I mean, and she was sort of regarded as a forgotten queen because of her, you know, what would you call them, Archie? Transgressions or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, anyway. Is that what you'd call them, Archie? That is. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I know. Archie, call them transgression. Yeah, I would. <laughs> They're transgressions. Come on, Archie. I have a terrible idea. Just go with me on it. Um, so apparently there's a group that was determined to understand more about these alleged paranormal occurrences. So the palace invited Richard Wiseman, who was a professor of psychology, known for his critical examination of anomalous phenomena. Say that five times fast. Good job. Thank you. Could you repeat that? Anomalous phenomena. <gasps> okay. Did twice. She did it twice. Anomalous phenomena. There we go. Menomena. Menomena. Anomalous menomena. It's our back on track today. <laughs> and then she bitches about how much of she has that. to edit out. <laughs> I do. Anyway, there was enough of that to conduct an investigation. So the, the experiment, it was a scientific experiment. It took place between May 27th and June 4th of 2000. So about a week. During the investigation, apparently they kind of reviewed a century's worth of testimony, um, and they used that to plot out a map of the phenomena reported in the haunted gallery. This is where they focused their experiment. Wiseman and his team concluded that suggestion played a large part in people's experience at the palace. Those who admitted a belief in ghosts were far more likely to experience something strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However... According to questionnaire data submitted by members of the public, non-believers also reported strange sensations, including unusual emotional feelings and the sense of presence within the haunted gallery. Hmm. I'm going to need you to cover your mouth when you yawn because we can hear it. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll edit it out. And I will do so in the future. Thank you. So, a possible relationship between locations reported as being supernaturally active and local magnetic fields was also identified. The question remains, is Hampton Court Palace's haunted reputation due to the effects of magnetic interference? Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Even the skeptically-minded Richard Wiseman, who conducted the experiment, concedes that more work is needed in order to clarify the strength of such an argument. However... Several experiments have shown that magnetic fields have absolutely no effect on spiritual experiences. Hmm. With that said, it leads to the question of, is there some truth in the ghost stories of Hampton Court Palace? Huh. Yeah. So that's what I have for the hauntings um, at Hampton Court. I'm super excited. Uh, Definitely want to 
buy an EVP and take it with me everywhere I go and fucking oh London. <laughs> like seriously, you oh, gotta do geez. it. Let's talk about it's a very f- old city. I mean, it there's is. gotta be mm-hmm. a, a lot of stuff. But oh, for sure. I'd prefer you didn't. Didn't what? Take one of those things. An EVP? Yes. Or involve her at all in any yes. of those. Yes. <laughs> Don't take pictures of the crown jewels. Don't ghost hunt at hunting. You get thrown in jail for taking pictures of the crown jewels, Carrie. You don't get thrown in jail. You just get an admonishment by a mortar. Oh my God, how embarrassing. <laughs> I can never show my face in London again. Oh. Okay. Fun fact, gross fact, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I thought it was fun, but then I'm gross. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes the coffee. Only one of Henry's six wives was given a queen's funeral, and that would be Jane Seymour. Oh. Which, so, yeah. of course. Her heart and lungs are kept inside a lead box hidden behind the altar of the chapel at Hampton Court. What? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We both made the same horrified, what the fuck, uh-huh. face. Yeah. Her heart and lungs are kept in a lead box behind the altar of the chapel at Hampton Court Palace. Okay. The, to keep her from rising Why? from the dead? Why? It doesn't say. I, I don't know. To keep know. her from rising from the dead. We'll just go with that. <clears throat> it's bizarre, but it's a fact. Uh. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess if, if, you know, that's what a queen gets. And where has, are they kept? In um, a lead box hidden behind the altar at the chapel in Hampton Court Palace. At the palace. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeesh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Uh-huh. Now, Archie, I know you did come across this in your research, but Hampton Court Palace is one of only two of Henry VIII's palaces that are intact today. Henry VIII is actually credited with the architecture and design of St. James Palace. palace. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. You've heard of it, right? Well, of course. Of course. Now, it does said that this fact is up for debate considering the many houses and castles that were owned or seized by Henry. <laughs> up, to, up to 60. Mm-hmm. God love him. God love him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> though he didn't actually live in many of the still existing buildings, there were only two real palaces in which he lived. The other still existing palace is St. James Palace, which is currently one of the oldest palaces of the sovereign, Queen Elizabeth II. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, as such, when ambassadors are admitted to the UK, they are admitted to the, quote, Court of St. James Palace. Yes, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I even touched on that. He did, and I asked him to take it out because I wanted it for my fun facts part. I'm going to be real honest. I-, I wanted that part. Anyway. <laughs> St. James is currently a home for several members. For several. Several? Several. Several. No problem. Thank you. (laughs) Members of the royal family Prince Charles. His actual official residence is Clarence House. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Princess Anne, his sister, and Princess Alexandra, who is the Queen's cousin. They all live there. It was also the home of Princesses Beatrice and Eugenie. Oh. Yeah. Before, I think, um, before Eugenie got married and then um, Beatrice, I believe, spends a majority of her time in New York City because she she works for a a big firm there. Um, Now, let's talk about getting there, shall we? (laughs) 
Patreon.com slash H-O-A-H podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It is open from Monday to Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Uh, the last admission is at 3.30 and the last entry to the maze is at 3.45. You can buy your tickets online and that is actually the cheapest and most convenient way to visit the palace. Um, you can also become a, a member of Historic Royal Palaces. Um, and pay like a monthly subscription, just like a Patreon. However, our Patreon is cheaper. It's only five dollars a month. Um, just saying. Oh, royal. Yeah. Uh, we we won't get you into royal palaces, but we'll send you a bingo card and some <laughs> stickers, and you know we'll give you a shout out in an episode. That's just as good. But if you'd rather be a sub- subscriber to Historic Royal Palaces, members get in free. Adults are um, now. This again, this isn't pounds. So it's um, ten pounds sixty-five pence. 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 Cents. Pence. Pence. Okay. Gosh. What? I just gotta look. <laughs> right. Children are five pounds thirty-five pence. However, we here at History of a Haunting, and by we, I mean my mother and I, because we know Archie not so much, but Archie, we recommend the London Pass, don't we? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would imagine so. We do. We recommend the London Pass. Um, here's why. So the London Pass comes in one, two, three, six, and ten day passes. It gets you into over 80 attractions. The London Pass is amazing. You got it. You get into uh, Tower of London, Tower Bridge, Kensington Palace, uh, Buckingham Palace, Hampton Court Palace, all the palaces, uh, the Thames River Cruise, you get in, you get oh, into wow. so much stuff. Yeah, you get into yeah, so much. Yeah, it's really a good buy for the tourist. It really is because it's very expensive to buy tickets to each individual place. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a ton of stuff in London that's free, like the British Museum is free. Mm-hmm. All of the places that were free, we didn't go to at all while we were there because <laughs> <laughs> we're. They're bad. <laughs> we didn't go to any free shit. Um, but anyway, we, we actually do recommend the London Pass. Again, it comes in one day, two day, three day, six day, and ten day passes. We got the three day pass, which is perfect, I think. Yeah. Um, the price range for the pass is seventy again in pounds seventy five pounds to one hundred ninety nine pounds for adults, fifty five pounds to one hundred forty nine pounds for kids five through fifteen. That converts to roughly. Adults, $98 to $260 for adults and $72 to $192 for children. And like I said, we definitely recommend the London Pass. If you're going to London, you can also buy an Oyster card, which is their travel card. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The Oyster card will get you on the tube. Uh, it will get you on their buses. It's it's really the best package, so we definitely recommend that. In fact, if you buy your London Pass with a travel card, an Oyster travel card, children 11 and under get in free everywhere on the London Pass. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's definitely on our list of places to go see the next time we are in London. And I think it's amazing. Henry VIII is one of my absolute favorite monarchs, just behind Queen Elizabeth II. Love her. Um, You gotta love her. You gotta love her. You really gotta love her. Anyway, that was Hampton Court Palace, you guys. It is a a very historic, very beautiful um, place in the UK. I recommend everybody trying to go and see it um, while you're there. Please don't be like us and fritter away your days. (laughs) I don't feel like we frittered away our days. 
There's, but so, there's so, just much so much that, to see. And there's only 24 hours in a day. I, I mean, plan it better. Like, we spent one whole entire half a day walking Hyde Park. It took half a fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a huge ass park, but I mean, there's so much to see. And we went to the Italian Gardens, and there was a quaint little coffee kiosk, and we sat there at BS for a little a long time. And it was look at all the cute little dogs running around. I mean, it was. And it's also a giant park, um, but yeah. So we've got we've got a lot of of stuff on our um, next itinerary when we go back to London. Well, and that's without the dogs because they still, after all this time, are not Hyde Park proper. They're not. So they will have to, re- they will remain have to s- in the U.S. And- yeah, they'll have to stay with foster mommy. Foster mommy, I'm going to call you. <laughs> but not anytime soon. Not Andy. anytime soon. Yeah. Just so you know, foster mommy for my dogs is one of the owners of Love Heals Rescue, who is our sponsor for <laughs> History of Haunting Podcast. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's okay. what I've got. Um, Arch, why don't you tell the folks about where they can follow us, where they can find us, and how they can donate to Patreon? Well, you can find us and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon at HOAH Podcast. Yes. And also at HOAHpodcast.com. Yes. We put all of um, all the pictures and everything that about our locations and our episodes on all of our social media. On our website, you can find out a little bit more about me and Archie, everything you never wanted to know. And um, we are also able to put a little bit more um, in-depth stuff about our episodes on our website as well. Um, Our Patreon, if you would like to sponsor us through a $5 monthly donation on hashtag Team Snort Laugh. We would be very, very grateful if you did. Um, Patreon donors get access to exclusives that nobody else gets, including um, early episodes. We release all of our episodes on Saturday mornings. Uh, Patreon donors get those on Wednesday mornings, um, along with uh, bingo cards and stickers and thank yous and shout outs and um, all kinds of fun stuff, videos of our um, paranormal investigations and, and things like that that everybody else does not get. So, yeah. All right. Okay, well, Mom, what do you have to say in goodbye to the friends and fans of the podcast? Goodbye. (laughs) Giggled her whole fucking way through the first half of the episode. And now we're like, give her the platform to say what she wants. And she's like, goodbye. 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 No, I'm really looking forward to going to Hampton Court Palace the next time we're in London. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Also, um, in full disclosure, yes... My mother is a Patreon of History of a Haunted Podcast. Because she's the best mom in the world. And we love her. We do. We do. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We will see you next week when we bring you another pretty fucking famous location. We're excited. Awesome. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Love Heals Rescue is a nonprofit organization that believes every dog in need deserves a second chance at a new life. Love Heals wants to partner with the community to help as many dogs as possible find loving homes, while also helping dogs in need in the area, such as providing a last litter program where the mother dog is fixed and returned or adopted, and all of the puppies are fixed, examined by a vet, microchipped, and adopted out to help with the overpopulation of dogs in the area. Love Heals Rescue cannot continue to help the community without a dedicated foster network. Please consider becoming a foster. You can find them on Facebook by searching Love Heals Rescue. Help Help us us be a part part of the solution. solution.